the PROACT know-how. Hi, welcome to this live webinar. Uh, we're going to look a bit more today into detail about tax residency and social insurance. I want to start with a question about um, what does split year mean for, for the UK? Um, what split year means, it's uh, what we call magic. So it means that every now and again, every three or five years, an expat leaving or returning to the UK uh, has got the option to have two tax years in one. So if you're working in, let's say, um, UAE or Dubai, and you finish work in October, that's halfway through the UK tax year and if you're returning to the UK you don't want to pay tax on the April to October income uh, from from the spit year however what you do want to do is pay the UAE minimal rates of tax <clears throat> as an expat there so what the split year allows you to do is return to the UK as a tax resident from the day you return to the UK so if you return to the UK on the 1st of October your income up until that date is taxed as if it's abroad and only from the 1st of October do you then get, get the tax is charged um, uh, in, in the UK on UK earnings uh, tax and dividends. So uh, split year is very good. You can only use it every few years. So you can't um, start it and, and finish it uh, every year. You can't start and finish it every year, but what you can do is um, uh, use it every few years. So if you're going on a two-year contract, that could work. If you're going on a three, four, five-year contract, that will work, um, and you won't have any problems. Um, but the other tactic that you've got is to leave or return to the UK around about the tax year end. So for more information and guidance on that, contact us at appropartnership.com. We want to look again and follow on. Uh, we've been looking at uh, terms of tax residency and when you're living and working abroad, the social insurance. Now, social insurance very much uh, orientated towards certain countries where it's not so prevalent in others, but it, it's an additional tax uh, that gives you benefits um, income tax, uh, corporation tax will pay for roads, it will take, pay for government uh, and, and, and passport and border control and defence. Social insurance is designed to pay for uh, welfare benefits, sickness benefits, uh, death benefits, as well as pension benefits. So those become due uh, in slightly different circumstances. You don't need to be a tax resident to have to pay the social insurance liability, but generally they are connected. However, um, the, uh, the there are differences if you're an employee, an employer, or self-employed, sole trader. So if you're an expat that's working from your own personal service company, um, your company is, is the basis of the contract or the employment. Uh, and, and that can determine uh, whether there is a social insurance liability uh, uh, like, um, in the country where that, where that company is based. So uh, the company employing you um, as an individual 
uh, can denote that there's an income tax and a, a, a social insurance tax payable on that payroll uh, while you're living and working abroad uh, uh, elsewhere. Having said that, if you as an individual are, are tax resident in another country where you're living for more than uh, six months, or you, you, you're wanting to extend a short stay beyond 90 days, so we said before, short stay uh, business and travel trips up to 90 days are generally allowed, but they've been tightened up on with technology using electronic travel authorities uh, to, to monitor you cross-border. And this information is now available to, to the tax authorities. So short business trips, not a problem. But once you stay over the 90 days, there starts to become issues, especially in the EU, where the Schengen zone short stay rules are enforced at the border. Um, but if you spend more than six months in a country, you can become tax residents in that country. Now, we're not talking about tax uh, income tax liabilities now, we're talking about social insurance liabilities. Once you've gone beyond three months and you're working in a country, the social insurance or national insurance liability can change to that other country. So it's, it's not necessarily where you're doing the work from, it's where you, um, um, in terms of the employer, it's not necessarily where you're doing the work from for the employer, it's where you're doing the work from as an individual. So uh, you could be based in London and you could be working in the London office. Similarly, you could be based in London and working in the Manchester office remotely. You could be working from home, um, but you can also be working cross-border. If you're working cross-border and you're working cross-border permanently, you're no longer an income tax resident in the UK, uh, but your, your social insurance could still be paid for by the UK. UK, as we've said before, have got an IR35 rule, so big employers have the liability, so we'll charge um, income tax and social insurance, national insurance uh, at source. But if an individual, as a self-employed or an employee, is tax resident in another jurisdiction, they can pay the social insurance in that other jurisdiction. The, the, uh, the company, the personal service company, can still be owned as a shareholder by the expat that is tax resident in another jurisdiction. But that, that, that company's uh, tax, corporate tax liability remains in the country in which it's based. Unless you change that. And if you want to know more about that magic, you have to contact us at projectpartnership.com. Now for expats that leave the UK and, and, and work remotely, but still paying into the UK national insurance system, there's an interesting point. So an employer can have you on IR35 rules uh, for you to pay income and social insurance tax in the UK. You can reverse that situation later on by registering as an individual tax resident in another country. So that's tax, um, expat tax registration, uh, which you contact us at projectpartnership.com and we help you with that. Um, uh, to, to uh, generate um, the tax residents abroad so you can claim that money back from any IR35 tax and social insurance paid in the UK. Um, if you're um, uh, living in another jurisdiction, 
you may over 90 days beyond the short stay period, you may need to start paying social insurance there, but that won't necessarily give you an entitlement. And then it needs to be more issues. And using a personal service company, you can keep everything within the UK or another jurisdiction, but you consider what the benefits are from the social insurance, uh, whether it's healthcare, uh, uh, allowances, um, uh, how they're going to impact you and your family uh, if something goes wrong. Uh, these are things to consider. And if you, for more information and guidance, follow the series uh, uh, um, uh, on YouTube, Living and Working Abroad channel, or contact us at projectpartnership.com. I'm going to break off now um, to answer another question we've got from one of our fabulous audience. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, If you, um, this is a question about if you're retired, uh, can you work abroad um, uh, or can you still work remotely in the UK? So all these things are tied up and, and uh, as an issue. So let, let, let's define those separately and, and pick out separate points. So let's now consider if you're living and working abroad, um, what your different types of income streams and what the tax liability and what the social insurance liability and what the working uh, uh, allowances are for that expert living and working abroad. So let's consider those. So if you're a UK expat and you're receiving a pension, whether that's a state pension, a company pension or private pension, it doesn't necessarily mean you retired. So um, if you do certain types of service, you can do a very short period of service and be receiving your pension at relatively young age, um, uh, or you can take early retirement. Uh, but just because you receive a pension doesn't mean that you're retired. When you receive a pension, it's a type of income and it's covered under a double taxation treaty between the country that you live in and, and, and your home country um, to, to determine where it's taxed. So from the UK, uh, under the, the UK uh, double taxation treaty with some countries like Cyprus, um, a government service pension, whether that's civil service, NHS or military, etc., cetera, um, is always taxed at source, but then it's not reportable in that other country as well. Um, if it's a private pension, then you've got different options and different choices and you can have it taxed in another jurisdiction. So in some jurisdictions like Portugal, you, you could have it um, exempt under the um, habitual non-resident scheme um, or you could be paying a flat rate tax of, of 10 or 20%. In countries like Cyprus and Bulgaria, you could be paying as little as 5% on that income being taxed under the double taxation treaty in that other country. For more information and guidance, contact us at projectpartnership.com. So we, we talked in the previously about having a residency permit, which is not a permanent residency permit, which means that it needs to be renewed and maintained by living and working abroad in that country. Um, so uh, for example, in the UK, an expat would need to uh, have a minimum number of days outside the UK over a five-year period 
to, to qualify for settled status or permanent residency. And it's similar in, in a country like Cyprus, where you'd have to spend the majority of your time of five years to qualify as a permanent resident. Um, uh, and and doesn't stop you renewing your temporary resident and having that resident permit each year, but the permanent residency needs you to be there most of the time. Um, as a as a temporary resident, uh, whether you've got a permission to work or not is down to the individual country's legislation. And um, for the UK, most EU expats need a work permit, an invite for somebody to come in and work. So unless you're covered under the EU withdrawal treaty with your resident permit, um, EU citizens have a, a freedom of movement that doesn't exist outside the EU, including the UK. So you need to have a work permit. Um, and, and to get that work permit, you either need a job offer uh, to support your application uh, to work, um, or you need to create your own business uh, uh, in, in, in the country in which you're going to uh, live and work. So both methods are available and both methods work. Um, but so if you have an employer, uh, which you can locate what, once you're in the country uh, or you create a business, uh, then you can, uh, uh, as an employee, uh, employment, or you create your own business as a self-employed, sole trader or contractor of your overseas UK personal service company, then uh, it, it allows you to apply for a work permit. Obviously, if you're uh, establishing your own business, then you're creating the wealth, you're generating the, the revenue, you're gonna get permission to work. If you're going to work as an employee of another company, then you have to make sure that, the, that it's approved by the local authorities and you're not taking jobs from, from locals. So that's an extra process uh, to do that. If a UK expat come, comes to the UK or another country, if they qualify for a resident permit, um, they can work remotely. So as long as you're not working in that country in an employment for a company, whether it's your own business or not, as a temporary resident permit, you can work in that country abroad uh, and, and without necessarily paying social insurance. So um, a UK expat could come to Cyprus to work and to work remotely, that they they could be working for a UK employer or for their own company, um, that they could have an employment and 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 pay pay as you earn uh, tax and national insurance in the UK, uh, paid at source, or they can have their own company and as a director of that company be an employee and pay uh, income tax. And national insurance um, or they they could have their own company or an employment with the agreement of the employer and as long as uh, even if the employer is constricted by IL35 rules uh, if they agree there's no reason why a UK employer cannot have somebody working remotely in France in Cyprus in UAE Dubai Saudi uh, and 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 uh, 
uh, although you're paid from the UK business, you're paid as a UK resident as a contractor, but you need to be a contractor, which effectively makes you self-employed in that country. So um, whether you're working for your company or uh, an employer in the UK, even one that's constrained by R35, they can employ you as a contractor um, and then you can pay uh, in your local country of tax residence the relevant social insurance uh, payments for benefits in that jurisdiction. Um, so uh, just to, to recap on that, uh, the summary, if you're a UK expat, if you've got pensions, uh, they're assessed for tax based um, in your country of tax residence. Once you've got a, a work permit, uh, let me do that review again. So if, if a, an expat is relocating overseas and they've got different sources of income, they're all treated slightly differently under the double taxation treaty. So a UK expat going into the EU can take a, a, a pension still from the UK and that can be taxed under the double taxation treaty as pension income. And if it's private, it can be taxed in the local country. And if it's a government source pension, generally it'd be taxed in the UK. If you've got property rental income, that's always fixed in the UK. Um, however, th there may be a high rate of tax to pay in your other country, whereas the pensions are not, the, uh, the government service pensions are not declarable in that other country. The third level that, that, that you need to consider is, is if you've got some uh, employment. If you've got employment in the UK, uh, subject to the employer's consent, you could work as a contractor overseas and pay your tax and national insurance overseas, or you can work as a, a UK employee to pay tax and national insurance. However, if you stay more than three months in the, in the other country, um, even as an employee, the employer then either has to set up a branch and, or have an employer of record in that jurisdiction to pay uh, taxes and social national insurance in the country in which you're as an individual or tax resident, or uh, they need to put you onto a contractor agreement as a sole trader, you can have that arrangement uh, to pay social insurance in the country in which you're in. Uh, that might affect your benefits uh, and your entitlements. Um, and, and generally, uh, for things like healthcare um, and, and welfare allowances and child benefits, they're going to be dramatically affected when you, you're relocating overseas. Um, so getting yourself and your family protected, if it, it, it should be an important thing. There is a fallback on private medical insurance. Um, but if you want to still contribute towards state pensions or welfare benefits, you need to consider what is the best way for you to work uh, to secure that while you're living and working abroad. All that we can cover uh, with our, our tax services for living and working abroad for expats. Uh, so if you can contact us at privatepartnership.com, we can give you that help and guidance. I'm sorry about the uh, hiccupy start this morning. Um, with, with our technical gremlins and we're glad we're here now 
Uh, thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you again next time. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.